Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, a holiday edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Uh, kind of a different setup that we got for today's episode. Uh, it's sort of funny. We had set aside some time. As you're listening to this uh, right around the holiday season, this has been pre-recorded. Um, we had already pre-recorded this once, and I was on the podcast, as was Rusty Mansell, as was Kip Adams. Uh, very busy time of year. But we had set aside some time to uh, give out some awards and talk about some of the Georgia players who have stood out, uh, the things Georgia's been able to accomplish this year. And must have been the Grinch got in there. Somebody got in, and uh, uh, that podcast has been deleted. So we uh, hated to see that, but I figured what I would do to make it up to you guys, because we got to save Christmas. We, we can't have a bad time just because the things didn't go our way on that one. Uh, I would just kind of do a rundown of what we talked about on that episode, what was essentially a uh, awards episode of the podcast talking about the Bulldogs who have stood out, the things that have caught our eye, and things of that nature. So going to do uh, essentially my best uh, reader in- interpretation um, impression uh, going back and uh, just telling the story of uh, this podcast that no one will ever hear, uh, sharing what uh, Rusty and Kip and I talked about for that episode. Um, so we'll get started. The very first thing we talked about was the play of the year for Georgia. And for me, my nomination was Malachi Stark's tackle in the Missouri game. Uh, Cody Schrader breaks a 52-yard run. Looks like he's going to score and give Missouri what might have been an insurmountable lead. Malachi Starks, the true freshman, runs him down, makes a tackle at the one-yard line. Georgia's defense winds up standing tall, winds up being able to stop him and stop the Missouri offense force a field goal and winds up being really the difference in the game. Georgia wins that game 26-22, difference in a field goal and difference in a touchdown four points. Um, So that was clearly a huge play in that game. Uh, Rusty pointed to what I think might have been an overlooked play from the Tennessee game and one that really swung the momentum in Georgia's favor. It was Brett Thorson's punt. Uh, that rolled out of bounds at the one, looked like something from a video game, the way he coffin cornered it. Uh, Rusty pointed out the fact that uh, Tennessee gets a uh, very bad field position on that drive. Uh, Jalen Carter nearly gets a safety by hitting Hinton Hooker, and uh, they just barely get the ball out of the end zone to avoid two points for Georgia, but they wind up having to punt, punt the ball back to Georgia. Georgia has great field position, I believe, on the 36-yard line. Uh, very first play of the next drive, 
Stetson Bennett hits Lad McConkey for a touchdown, uh, and a big touchdown for Lad McConkey, who's a guy that grew up a Tennessee fan, wanted to be a volunteer. And uh, the coaching staff at the time, Jeremy Pruitt, Jim Chaney, and those guys couldn't pull the trigger fast enough on a scholarship offer. He winds up at Georgia, and the rest is history. Um, so those were the plays that really stood out. Uh, Kip talked a little bit about Malachi Stark's interception in the Oregon game and sort of setting the tone, especially for a true freshman and what he was able to do then. Uh, offensive MVP, we gave this award, and there really wasn't much discussion. Um, and, and it was kind of funny. We had done midseason awards during the bye week, which was the Saturday was October 22nd. And, and we, the three of us, gave our awards and um, didn't really talk to each other about who we were picking, things like that. And we all picked Setson Bennett for offensive MVP, and it sort of felt like, well, we had to give it. We got to give it to somebody. Well, I guess we'll give it to Stetson. And Stetson had an argument. That's not to say he didn't have an argument. Um, but there are a few other guys you could consider. Uh, this time around, no debate in the fact that it's very clearly Stetson Bennett. The way he played down the stretch, the way he's played in big games. Go look at the Oregon game, the Tennessee game, the LSU game. Very much deserving of the offensive MVP honors. Other guys that have played well, obviously too. Uh, members of the offensive line, Brock Bowers. Uh, some of those guys have been so, so clutch for Georgia. Defensive MVP, uh, we were also uh, able to come to a unanimous decision and gave it to Jalen Carter. And uh, I wrote about this after the LSU game. I can't help but wonder if he gets real Heisman Trophy buzz and could have ultimately won it had he been healthy this year. And he really wasn't healthy for the better part of the season. Uh, he hurts his ankle in the Oregon game to open the season, winds up uh, getting an MCL sprain when he gets cut block, uh, when he gets cut blocked against Missouri. Winds up missing a couple games, but uh, came on strong really from probably the Tennessee game on was just outstanding. He makes a play against LSU where he just picks up Jaden Daniels and they have to mercifully uh, call the play dead and, and give him a sack. Uh, dude's special, and, I th and that's not anything new for anyone watching Georgia. Uh, you understand what he brings to the table, and truthfully at this point, I, I think that he's going to wind up being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I mean, I, to me, the only thing that's going to stop that from happening is if the team that gets that pick, whether it's the Houston Texans or somebody else, uh, if they decide that they need a quarterback and, and they're not going on best player available, but they're going to go get a QB. Um, so that was our pick for defensive MVP. Uh, we'll take a quick break and come back and, and run through some of the other some of our other awards uh, that we handed out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going to breakthrough players, breakthrough offensive player of the year. Uh, I gave my nod to Darnell Washington, and I know that's a little bit kind of funny to say, or you kind of go, well, I don't know if that's necessarily the case because he was a five-star, but he was the forgotten guy in the tight end room. I mean, you think about coming out of spring, Darnell misses spring with a foot injury. Brock Bowers is Brock Bowers. Everybody knows about him. Eric Gilbert was a story of spring practice and the way he was able to play, getting two touchdowns in that G-Day game. And you sort of just wondered, well, what is Darnell going to wind up doing? What what sort of role is he going to have? Well, you get to the Oregon game, and he's catching passes, and he's hurdling guys, and he continued to hurdle guys into the season. I think he's a guy that has proven he was worth the hype coming out of high school in Las Vegas. He's a guy that I think could potentially be a first-round pick. If not a first-round uh, pick, I'd say definitely within the first two j- days of the draft, his name will be called. Um, it's so entertaining to watch him with the ball. I think about a couple of the catches he made in the Vanderbilt game. I mean, it looked like a Nerf football with the way, you know, six foot seven guys reaching up and, and just palming it and, and taking off downfield. Um, both he and Brock Bowers are so crucial to this offense. You know, so many two tight end sets, and both of those guys just hellacious blockers. I mean, they just really lay into guys. And uh, I gave my nod to Darnell. I think he was deserving of that honor. Uh, Breakthrough defensive player. Uh, Rusty went with this one, and I was in full agreement with his choice. Smile Munden. Uh, Smile was a guy that even before the season, there at inside linebacker. Uh, Kirby made a comment that he is as a- as athletic an inside linebacker as he's ever seen. And it was sort of just waiting to see him put it all together. And think about what was asked of those inside linebackers, really Jamon Dumas-Johnson and Smile Munden both. Uh, you know, they're, they're having to step up and replace three inside linebackers who were taken in the first three rounds of last April's draft. Um, tall task, tall order for two sophomores. And both of them, I think, have played pretty well across the board. But the way Smile has come on and just how quick he is, I mean, it, it's freaky to see him and what he's able to do. Uh, I think it's huge. And we actually talked about this on our podcast before National Signing Day. It is absurd the amount of talent that Georgia has at inside linebacker and will have because both those guys are just sophomores, so they'll both be back for 2023. And then you have Raylan Wilson, you have C.J. Allen, you have Troy Bowles coming in. Uh, it, it's just absurd what Glenn Schumann and those guys have been able to do and what they've been able to stockpile at that position. Um, so we gave the nod to Smile. Uh, Rusty talked about him, and I think it was very much deserving because of what he's been able to do. Standout freshman, no debate, it was Malachi Starks. You know, we had heard a lot of buzz going into the season about Malachi, but the question was, well, you know, how soon is he really going to be ready? You know, how soon can you put him out there? You've got Dan Jackson, uh, who's a veteran and who's a guy that you can count on, but 
I mean, how soon can you really put Malachi out there? He gets out there in the very first game against Oregon and makes one of the best interceptions I've ever seen. Um, incredible play and basically carves himself out a starting role opposite Chris Smith. And he's done a fantastic job throughout the season. You know, he's had issues along the way, and, and he struggled at times in that LSU game um, and, and was part of a secondary that gave up 502 passing yards. But um, there's no debating that he has been the freshman of the year. And they've they've had some other guys contribute as well. Michael Williams, I think, has done a really good job. You know, he was the uh, top uh, player in the 2022 class that signed with Georgia as far as rating. Uh, I think you've seen enough to feel really good about his development and what he'll be able to do uh, going forward. Um, and then Dylan Bell has contributed, and they needed Dylan to step up. Uh, in a receiver room that's been banged up, obviously, with A.D. Mitchell, uh, missing a significant amount of time. Uh, Branson Robinson as well uh, has been able to get out there and contribute and uh, take meaningful carries, which I think will be important this time of year. Uh, what surprised us the most about Georgia this season? For me, my answer was that there wasn't the growing pains on defense that I expected. You know, I, going into that Oregon game, I thought Georgia would win that game, but I thought Oregon and Bo Nix, they would be able to make plays because the talk all offseason when it came to Georgia with Kirby Smart was that, well, we're talented, but we're inexperienced. We're talented, but we're inexperienced. We just kept hearing Kirby talk about that, and it was valid. I mean, they lost 15 players to the NFL draft. You just sort of expected that it would take a while, and I thought the defense would be good in time. But when you have those guys um, – you lose those kind of guys, and you're expecting guys who have shown flashes but have never been asked to play uh, certain roles or play as much. You know, I, I just thought there would be those issues early on, and that wasn't really the case. Now, there were issues along the way, but not consistently and most certainly not early in the year when um, you know you beat Oregon 49-3, to you shut out Sanford, and, and then you beat South Carolina like they did. Um, kudos to those guys and uh, what they've been able to do. Uh, biggest question entering the postseason for me was the secondary, was how do these guys bounce back from the LSU game? Uh, how do they answer against Ohio State? And uh, I think that it's going to be um, what decides if Ohio State hangs in this game on New Year's Eve. Are they able to make plays through the air? Is Marvin Harrison Jr. able to make plays on a secondary that has looked good at times and, to its credit, has really risen to the occasion in the biggest games, uh, but has shown itself to be vulnerable with how they played uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium back on December 3rd. We all gave our playoff predictions, even though we still got a little bit of time before Georgia and Ohio State play, and most certainly we'll have at least one or two podcasts between this episode dropping and the game in Atlanta for uh, the Peach Bowl, the college football playoff semifinals. We all agreed that we think Georgia winds up uh, winning this game against Ohio State and going on and winning the national championship. But uh, I think really, you know, to speak uh, to my fellow uh, co-host on the podcast, Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams, I think we see this Georgia-Ohio State matchup as the toughest for the Bulldogs during this potential playoff run, whether it be they play Michigan or TCU if they are able to win. Uh, because this is a dangerous Ohio State team. You know, still understanding what Michigan was able to do to them, they have the potential to generate big plays. And I think we all see that. I think we all see that this is an Ohio State team that's going to be really hungry and uh, has got really nothing to lose after they went a week 
thinking that they weren't going to be in the playoff. You know, they were totally dependent on what happened elsewhere. And, you know, since this is the holiday season, I would suggest Ryan Day send uh, a card to Kyle Whittingham and uh, the Utah Utes because without them being able to beat USC and and especially beat them like they did in the Pac-12 championship game. Ohio State's sitting at home and, you know, I would say getting ready for the Rose Bowl, but I'm not sure that's where they wanted to be, um, even if they didn't make the playoff. Um, But uh, this is a team that I think could give Georgia all it could handle. I do think Georgia wins, but I think it sets up for a very exciting game on December 31st. So we're going to wrap up uh, the episode there. Appreciate everybody listening and Definitely appreciate you guys uh, understanding we had a little bit of technical difficulty getting this episode out, but it's Christmas season, it's the holiday season, we couldn't let you guys go without. So hope uh, you guys get to listen to this as you're on your way getting to visit some loved ones and, and having a chance to enjoy this holiday season. So from all of us at Dogs247, just want to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Uh, hope you guys get the opportunity uh, to spend time with those you love and, and get a chance to relax a little this holiday season. Uh, we're going to stay busy uh, with all the transfer portal talk, with all of the prep, getting ready for the Peach Bowl, uh, but we wouldn't have it any other way. So for Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams, I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care. Fresno.